Should we listen to it? Yeah. This is the Selling Moonbeam Show. What up? Today we're talking about booze. Alcohol. Not like B-O-O-S. Not like my boo. My boo. We're talking about liquor. B-O-O-Z-E. We're talking about straight up liquor. Nope. Okay. God, I feel like I could write a whole book about my relationship to alcohol. You could write your book and my book. I'll write both of our books, actually. I'll put that on my to-do. You have a strong... History. We have a relationship that has gone back many years. I had yeah. my first drink when I was a teen. Yeah. And trying to impress boys. And I drank Mad Dog. And we were like 14. Yep. So what are we going to do with a beer? Drink it. We opened it and we took a sip and we would just hold it and try and be cute. Mm. We How did that work out? We weren't. We were, well, <laughs> fortunately, we were cute. So the beer really wasn't... Despite the beer. The beer wasn't the thing that the boys cared about, but we thought that it made us look cool. The beer doesn't bring all the boys to the yard. (laughs) Those are only milkshakes. Mad Dog 2020. (laughs) No. Brings all the boys to the yard. Okay. All right. So uh, that said, that means I've been drinking for a long time. Right. And living in New York, I'm sure that you can attest to this. Uh, a lot of social interaction involves alcohol. Well, I think in our culture in general, for sure in New York. I think it's worse in New York. It might be. I'd have to really think about that. I definitely know tra- when I was traveling so much more, like through the States, everywhere I would go, it's not like people are like, let's meet up and like do anything else besides get a drink. <laughs> right. You know, I almost, I wished sometimes I like lived in the Middle East not for the education and women's rights, but because like they just no pressure to drink. They smoke hookah. Is that what you would rather be doing? I would much rather be doing that, or okay. just chopping it up over some tea. Like that's a normal thing. I'll buy a hookah. Thank you. And I'm drinking chai right now, so it's perfect. Oh great, you're on it. I'm very Middle Eastern. I'm very connected to my that's, Middle Eastern ancestry. Right, right. Um, so Jesus. we'll talk about that. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. I mean, we're closely related. Obviously. So we'll talk about that in another episode. But um, so in New York, everyone has an apartment the size of a Uh, locker. Yep. And so many people want to leave their homes. (laughs) And that usually involves a restaurant or a bar. Right. Where can you hang out? It's not like the libraries are open late. No. And you can go to the park if the weather happens to be nice that one day. No. Yeah. So if the weather's shit, which it always is in New York, you go to a bar. And so I drank a lot. Yeah. And I probably drank six to seven days a week for, I would say, at least five years of my okay. life. I only know you from New York on. Before that, when you were living in L.A., were you drinking the same amount? Yeah, because I was in my early 20s. Oh, right. You were just doing it. Yeah. I mean, if I, when I was 23, I could pound five martinis and go to work the next day, no problem. So when I was pretty sad, right. I drank more. Yeah. And I wasn't doing it intentionally. I wasn't trying to like quiet my demons. Yeah. I just was drinking and I wasn't really consciously thinking about how much I was taking in. Did you think you were having fun or were you just like wrote about it? 
Sometimes I thought I was having fun. Sometimes it was just there. Right. So I was making myself drinks at home all the time. Oh, wow. And I remember when I would bring it up to other people, like I realized other people weren't really doing that same thing. No. So I started to just keep it to myself because I was like, I don't want to be judged for my like oh, midnight cocktail. So much more dangerous. And you're like, Secrets keep us yeah. sick. Secrets keep us sick. In that dark. So yeah, finally I did come to terms with it. But I had sort of an epiphany that happened. Um, are you familiar with the Berkshires? I mean, not intimately. I know of them. Okay, so it's a very wealthy. It's an affluent, Bouge. Caucasian Caucage. part of both Massachusetts and New York. Yeah, it's some white bougie mountains. It's the mountains. You got some trees up in that motherfucker. You got yeah. some canoeing. Some real nice forests. You got some skiing. All the things white people love to do. Great. So I have a friend who owns a home there, and it is stunning. Yeah. And uh, the group of four of us would go up like twi- about twice a year. Okay. And it's nice all year round, baby. Yeah. So we went one time. And it, there were four of us. So it's me, my friend Paul, his sister-in-law, and his brother. Okay. And we make a pretty good foursome. foursome. Yes. So we would go to the store. We'd buy all these groceries. And we would cook yeah. both nights. And it was so much fun. Yeah. And we would buy so much alcohol. Oh, yeah. We went to the Berkshires. And we drank from the moment we arrived to the moment we left. And yeah. we're talking about like a 50-hour trip, something like that. Yeah. So... We were wasted. Yeah. And I I think I probably blacked out. I mean, I'm not really a blackout kind of drunk. I kind of just drink until I vomit or go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, My body wants to get it out. Yeah. So I'm not really one of those people who can just like live a whole life in a blackout. Right. But we got so hammered in the Berkshires Mm -hmm. that by the time we returned to New York, Mm -hmm. I was hungover for literally 48 hours. Oh, Oh, no. And I was like, this cannot be my life. No. Like, I cannot live life like this. 48 hours. And we're not talking about just like, oh, I have like a hurt tummy or like, oh, I have a minor headache. It's like devastating. And it's so much harder as you get older. Right. Because at this point, I'm like 33. Yeah. And my body was like, bitch, why did you do this to us? Like, we did not ask for all this poison. My liver, my kidneys were working overtime. Nothing I did. Mm. would quelch no. the hangover. It's also like not cute. It's like, okay, okay girl, you should know better by now. Surely yeah. you should know your limit at <laughs> 33. Those, right? Yeah. And I mean, of course I had a good time, but no amount of fun is worth a 48-hour hangover. Mm. And the epiphany that rose from that was just like, you need to temper this. Like, you need to bring it down. Yeah. You don't need to drink every day. Right. You need to figure out why you're drinking every day. Right. Which is the worst kind of work to have to do. Yeah. But we have to. Um, But I am blessed and honored to say that I have not had a a hangover lasting more than one day (laughs) for for at least two years. Word up. Kudos to you. Thank you so much. So how often are you drinking? Yeah. So I that was sort of the beginning of the end. Yeah. It took took some more. So where Several. Are you now? Yeah. So now I'm at, I, I honestly drink one to two days a week now. Yeah. And it feels so foreign to me, like this life that I'm living. And you're drinking less in each time, right? Yeah. So it, it not only came down in frequency, but it came down a ton in volume. Yeah. I mean, I literally just can't process that much booze anymore. Yeah. So rarely will I have more than three. 
Um, um, unless for some reason I'm in someone's home, if I'm being hosted <laughs> by a friend. I only get drunk when people are gracious enough to invite me into their home. If you let me come over, I will drink all your wine. I don't know what happens, but I, I turn into like a garbage disposal for wine and I can drink a gallon. No problem. Sounds like a great guest. I People love me. Mm. I get repeat offers to come over all Dinner the time. Dinner party frequent. I mean, the Super Bowl weekend, I literally drank a handle of Lambrusco. Like, how did I even drink that much Lambrusco? It's delicious. I don't know. But I seem to be okay the next day. But see, okay, and you seem to be okay. And it occurs to me, is it because, like, that's an enjoyable thing? It's not like drowning your sorrows or being unaware. You're like, this is delicious. It's tasty and I'm having a good time. The natural thing is to go to it. Yeah, I want more. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's still important to recognize when you're Oh, for sure. There's for sure a limit. 13 glasses of wine. But... I don't think it's a coincidence. That but like, no. Yeah, that's going to hit you differently if you're doing it from joy and not like... Mm. Sadness yeah. and misery. Yeah. And yeah, that was a lot of why I was drinking at home before. So now I don't drink at home by myself ever. Yeah. Which is a huge life change for me. Yeah. And I literally am only drinking socially. Well, then how do you feel about the social situation? If that's where you're doing your primary drinking, mm-hmm. can you not drink when you're in a social situation so that is where i am trying to grow now right i the answer is no Mm -hmm. i feel very uncomfortable being out in the world without a drink in hand yeah and i feel weird not being inebriated especially if people around me are drunk yeah and i think about my friends who are sober like people who have made a conscious decision to abstain yeah and they have forced themselves into these social situations and just like been uncomfortable and yeah. made themselves acclimate right and i i'd like to think that i can do that but i don't see myself as an addict so i'm always struggling with this thing where it's like do i have to abstain but what i'm realizing now is that for my mental health, like, I really shouldn't be drinking. Yeah. And it sucks. It does suck, but also it would suck more to go into some sort of breakdown. To like, feel bad all the time. Yeah. Yeah. How do you create that urgency? Like, well, this is something that I want to address. And yeah, my mental health is freaking urgent. Right. You know? Right. Seeing it as physical is definitely something that's impacted me, like, helped me just seeing my mental health as physical health. Yeah. Like envisioning my physical body and knowing that I am being impacted by my choices. Right. It's just so weird to be like a quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes right now. Got it. Healthy person. (laughs) Right. um, And choosing to just not drink. Yeah. That's the weird thing where I am. But fortunately for me, I have a therapist. Yeah. And I'm sending her all the thoughts. Yeah. And I'm just doing my best. I'm not, obviously I'm imperfect, but. It's a journey. (laughs) It's a beautiful journey. What I love about your therapist is she gave you the exact same advice I did last week about I drinking. Know. And you thought it was like really wackadoo. You're like, never, ever. I was apprehensive and hesitant. <laughs> but you guys literally said the same thing in the course of one week. And with her, it was totally unprompted. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I was sharing all my thoughts about booze. But you both said, carry a placebo drink. Yeah. Yeah. Get a soda with a lime in it and carry that so that no one's asking you if you need a new drink. Right. 
And then maybe you feel that placebo effect of just like having fun. Right. Also, side note, I can be high whenever I want. Totally. So I don't even know why I'm bugging about just going to a party high and drinking a soda. Pre-party. And going to bed. Like, not to mention it's expensive. I mean, that's definitely not my top thing right now, but it is. It's really expensive to go out and have a night of drinking. Mm -hmm. And I really had to take inventory of whether or not I was actually having fun doing that. Right. Like, I am having fun on my friend's couch drinking Lambrusco for three hours yeah. and watching a horror film. Yeah. Am I having fun at the club? I don't know. Probably not. I'm usually not. I would probably prefer to be home. Yeah. So why am I even drinking in the first place? Yeah. But you, since I've known you, yeah. and we've known each other for like 10 years. 10 years, yeah. You're, you've never been a big drinker. No. I don't have a high tolerance. Yes. And also I can't build it up. I've tried. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but beyond that, I don't like being out of control. And I knew that really early on. Like the first time I probably had enough alcohol to get me tipsy, I just felt like I'm out of sorts. I'm out of my body. And I, for whatever reason, because this was not happening with my peers, I was like, ooh, I don't really want to experience that. Like I understand, but also like I like to be present. Everyone else would prefer. They would prefer to be like gone. (laughs) But I just realized like, no, I want to enjoy this. And then I would, you know, and then as I got older and I was like in my 20s and being a party, people were like, oh my God, like, are you high? Are you on something? And I'm like, high on life, man. Like that was my catchphrase, (laughs) as corny as it was, because I was like happy to be engaged. And so I started these patterns where from high school, people would be like, oh, you don't drink. No pressure. No pressure. And then I, you know, figured out my own thing from there. And then I experimented more in my 20s. And again, like, it's just, it's not my jam. Can't, can't handle the liquor. You're not good at it. No. I've been with you when you've been drunk and you don't do well. There's a video handing across the room and it's like, oh, here's everyone. We've all been drinking the same. And then like we pan back and I'm no longer in the frame because I had fallen over. (laughs) I am on the floor, out of frame. Did anyone come to collect you? Yeah, but it was funny. My friend taking the video is like, wait. And so he had to like then stop videoing and then get up and survey and be like, oh, do you need help? Yeah, let me assist. Oh, yeah. You know what's wild is that I have somehow become like the patron saint of drunk ass bitches in the club. Oh, no. And I don't know how. I don't like that role. Well, you know what? I actually feel fine with it because for you. even when I am wasted, I am always coherent. Yeah. Like, I always know what's up. I yeah. can still spell. I can always call an Uber. Like, I yeah. know where my friends are. You would pass all the Google tests. You were able to drunk email at all times. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I got a job from sending a drunk email to a recruiter once. Yeah. And I was shit bombed. Good on you. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. But so I have found like over the course of my life, like at least 15 girls who were just completely incapacitated, like in a bathroom stall, like fallen, alone. I'm like, where are your friends? Yeah. Um, But I feel I feel good about that because it's like you have no idea what's going to happen to these girls if you don't get them in an Uber and get them home. Yeah, it's a lot. I would hate to be that. The patron saint. So knowing that alcohol is a depressant, being aware of that, mm-hmm. how important or how has that changed when you have depression? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Now, when I'm feeling myself kind of slipping into a depressive episode, yeah. I know that I can't drink. It's just, I don't want to 
add any fuel. I see depression as like, do you know that like I call him a booger, but he's actually like snot from the Mucinex commercials. Oh yeah. So that's my beast. That's who I, that's who I picture. He lives inside me and I don't want to feed him because he's nasty. Yeah. Yeah. And so if I know that I'm feeling bummed, I just won't drink. But that's like over the past year, I've figured that out. Yeah. And in therapy, I talked to my therapist a bit about my drinking pattern because you know, they ask you to quantify it. How many drinks do you drink per time and how often per week? Right. And every time I've had to do that, in all honesty, I have, I drink way more than I envisioned for myself. Right. And so I'd be like, okay, well, so five drinks a night and then just seven days a week. And I'd be like, okay, I'm just drinking like 35 drinks a week. Yeah. And my my therapist would be like, bitch. So my last therapist was like, you need to bring that down to five to seven drinks a week. And I was like, girl, one night, are you out of your mind? Yeah. Five to seven a week. But so now I'm there and right. it, and it did take some conscious work in the beginning. Yeah. But at this point, like my current, this is the current iteration of my life and it feels good. That's good. Right. And so knowing that alcohol is a depressant, I have to be very conscious about what's going to be happening after I'm a night of drinking. Right. So like. You have do, to like prepare. Yeah. Ahead. Do I have plans tomorrow? Do I have somewhere where I need to be? Do I have someone that I need to speak with? Do I need to have my brain functioning? Yeah. Or can I just chill out? And if I yeah. can chill out, then I'm fine. Yeah. Giving myself a night to, to drink and have fun. Right. But I have to know that like. It's, I can't do that on a Monday night because I have to go to work right. and be a normal human right. the next day. Yeah. And I'm sure some of that just comes with age, right? Totally. But the last person I spoke with after I, I told her, you know, yeah, I drink like 30 drinks a week. She was like, um, so why do you drink when you're at home? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I, I have anxiety, but I think that I drink out of boredom. Like what else mm-hmm. would I be doing? And she was like, when you tell me you drink out of boredom... I hear I drink because I'm anxious and you don't want to sit with your thoughts. Right. And I was like, so you're just going to read me all the way down. No, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. You're just going to tell me all the truth mm-hmm, about me. Mm-hmm. Dusty ass. Doing your job. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you doing it For right. figuring me out. Yeah. You don't even know me. But you do. But you, I'm paying you and to you, learn me. Clearly you got it right. <laughs> and you figured it out early. <laughs> so, you know, that was a hard realization for me. Mm-hmm. That was probably like... That was right when I moved back home. So that was yeah. like a year and some change ago. Yeah. And I really had to sit with that. Like, okay, what is it like when I'm just at home sober? Yeah. And am I okay just being with myself sober? I don't have that that same thing where, well, obviously I'm not, my journey is not that I've been drinking and cutting back. However, I am very aware of when I want a drink, why I want it. Hmm. Because, you know, a lot of times it's like, oh, you're out for an occasion or you're at dinner mm-hmm. and that's what you do or it's a celebration or whatever. I do notice when I want one at home, sometimes it's like, ooh, old-fashioned sounds like it would taste delicious. Mm. But a lot of times it's like, I'm fucking stressed out. Isn't this what people do? You like drink a drink and right. I'm a fucking grown-up. I'm going to fix my fucking cocktail. Yeah. But I always have to check what am I, why, why am I doing this? What's the reason? Is there a reason? Could I be doing something else? And so I, you know, I'm pretty aware of that at home. A lot of times I'll stop myself or just do something else because I'm like, no, you actually don't want this. I'd be happy to make myself something if that was something I wanted. But often it's some other underlying emotion. 
But that's the hard thing for me is in social situations. Like at this point, if you've known me in my life, I'm not drinking a lot. So if I am drinking, it is kind of a bummer. Like, why is that not a better social cue to people? Mm. You know, like, oh shit. Like what's wrong? Yeah, she must be sad or something, you know, but it like drinking is so common in our society. Like people don't pick up on that. I'm not like throwing shade at anyone. And also it's like, often celebrated people are like oh my god like you're partying and i'm like girl i'm sad like i'm having a bad day i'm trying not to hear you right now so i'm gonna drink this yeah i mean that is the that's the thing that we have to kind of examine yeah the reason and that's a really good point because drinking consciously feels so differently totally from drinking mindlessly right which is what most of us do yeah and i'm not here to liquor shame no because I love whiskey. And sometimes it's so delicious and so appropriate and you can really, really love it. But then it, it that's the thing is it gets so tricky knowing it can be so amazing and then also like so dark with just the slightest change. Right. That reminds me that it's so important to sit with our emotions yeah. because all of them are valid. Right. And I think a lot of times society tells women that we need not be angry or upset Mm -hmm. in any way Mm -hmm. but those are valid emotions and I think it's important to process them as they come right so that they don't they're gonna come out yeah so are they gonna come out in a healthy way in a mindful way or are they gonna come out when you're at Starbucks and someone is too close to you in line because that happens to me all the time and I want to punch a bitch well then they just need to step back what's on them I don't (laughs) see that as a problem But yeah, I mean, people get drunk when someone in their family dies and I've done it. I've dealt with a ton of grief and death and have been just wasted for weeks and been like, it's okay because someone died. Right. But it's not. It would also be okay if you cried or journaled or called someone or... You or know, slept all slept, day. I was just about to say. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sleeping all day is not ideal, but it is better than getting drunk all day. Yeah. I would imagine it's more and nourishing. And that's Therapy by Moonbeam. That's oh. free. Yeah. So just write that down. Okay. Do you still struggle with people trying to like pour liquor down your throat or are you pretty good at just holding that soda with a lime? Yeah, I'm, I'm a lot better with holding that soda with a lime and even going to dinner, I've noticed. Like, E and I try to have date nights. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, are you drinking? And he's like, I'm drinking if you're drinking. And then I'm like, why do we need to drink? Because we came out. Like, who yeah. cares? You don't have to. You don't have... No, no one... The, yeah. I mean, if the waiter shames me, I'll punch him. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so I'm not really in that situation where I feel forced... However, at large, I wish people were just more conscious or accepting because I think they're... Or just like, shut up. Yeah, I think there is shade if you don't drink. Yeah, it's always like, well, what happened? Yeah, so it's either like, oh, I have to like be working my 12 steps or be a fucking... You have to have a reason. Drunk? For people. Yeah, maybe I just don't want to. I don't want to. Right. Which is just a wild thing for me to process. Yeah. Based on my history and my relationship to alcohol, it's so wild to say today, like... No, I don't really want to. Right. Like, who Who was that? You don't want to. No, we don't want to. We want to feel good. I want to feel good. I remember even just one year ago going on a date with someone who's sober, and he doesn't identify as an addict, but he has someone in his family who was. Mm-hmm. And so he just was like, yeah, I don't drink. And I remember being like, what the 
fuck. Yeah. Like <laughs> all the judgment. What is wrong with you, man? All the shit. And I probably had, you know, two drinks at dinner and then another nightcap and was just drinking by myself. And then that made me even feel weird because I was drinking alone. Yeah. And I was like, why do we have all these like ideas about our relationships to booze? Like every single person is entitled to just feel good in their body. Yeah. And maybe that includes booze. Good for you. Absolutely. Incorporate it in your healthy way. Congrats. Drink. Great. Drink up. Drink poison. Yeah. In a healthy way. Yeah. We went on a family cruise last year mm. and... The deal is like you can get like a drink package. Everyone in the family bought a drink package because you're just like, oh, you're going to be on this boat. Like max it out. Live it up. Right. I did not. Mm. And it worked out. And then overwhelmingly people in the family were like, next time I wouldn't get a drink package because you force yourself to drink. Right. Because you got to use up all that money. And you don't realize like, sure, you're on the boat, but also you leave and you feel like, oh my God, I got to get back and like drink my four drinks because dinner's coming and got to max it out for today where I was like, sure, I'll have a drink. And then I think at one club we went to, I had a, like a virgin drink, which was strange but I was like I'm really enjoying just feeling like I'm living my life and I want a pina colada but I don't really want rum yeah just want the flavors just want the flavors want those island flavors yeah I want to get in there I mean your cruise situation was very different from I would the imagine I went on really just really quickly as an aside <laughs> we went on a like 36 hour cruise to nowhere we went into the middle of the ocean right and back flipped it back around now the problem with this cruise the best problem was that everything was free. Oh. It was the first voyage that that ship had ever taken. Oh. And we went ham on that motherfucker. I got it. You would would get cut off at like, I don't know, 11 p.m. or something, and then they started charging. I don't remember what the time was. But so he's like, let's farm these and get uh, 10 drinks now, Mm -hmm. and then we'll just Mm. drink them throughout the night. And I was like, no one has ever had a smarter idea. Yeah. And so that's what we did. You guys are just revolutionaries. We blacked out early. Yep. And we just continued through the 36-hour cruise to nowhere. We were animals oh, on yeah. that ship. Oh, yeah. And I want to say that we were voted most popular. I don't know if that's true. I'm going to have to check those polls. We broke into a lot of different areas of the ship that we weren't allowed into mm. so that we could do some nighttime activities. Seems safe. And have a little bit of fun. We played a game of basketball. Oh. Um, we made best friends with one of the DJs. Uh, uh, air quotes, best friends. We made best friends <laughs> with one of the DJs. If you're that DJ, can you let us know? At the club. Mm-hmm. He told us, like, his name was something special. I wish I could remember it, but it was like, Yeah, I always Orion. forget my best friend's names. Yep. I'm always <laughs> like, what's your name, bestie? So we met him at a bar on the ship, and mm. then we, he was like, you guys got to come to the club. Like, I'm DJing at the club later. We're oh. like, we'll definitely stop through. Like, we got other things <laughs> to do tonight. We have other places to break in. But too. we'll pop in. Yeah. And we went in, and he shouted us out, like, on the mic, and I have <laughs> never felt cooler in my life. Like, literally just walking in. It's like all VIP, your high school dreams come true. Just like, Shout out. what up, homie? Like, never felt cooler. I still don't think I'll ever top that feeling. Okay. Um, So thank you, Cruise to Nowhere 2014. And my best friend, whose name I don't remember. I feel like it was Orion. So shout out to him. With a name like that and you still forgot it? Like, really? We were so blackout. I am shocked one of us did not leave alcohol poisoning. Before we cut out, 
I mean, my takeaway, I've said it a couple times, is the whole social acceptance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm becoming more aware. I just wish people in general yeah. would not throw shade. Like, just do you. Do you and let people do them. Absolutely. Moonbeam, what would your take home be? Yeah, my big thing is, my, my big lesson that I have learn this year that I'm continuing to learn um, is just to be more mindful yeah. about when I choose to drink right? and then why I'm choosing to abstain. And then also if I am abstaining, like I still can have fun and oh, yeah. I can replace that drinking all the time right. with healthier substitutes. Right. So for me, that means a ton of things. I will say the cool thing is even though we have very different drinking habits, it still seems very much the same. It's like be mindful. Yeah. Be healthy and don't be a dick. Don't be a dick to someone else. Don't be a just don't be a dick. I think that's safe. Don't be a dick to yourself too. Yeah. Like. But yeah, I couldn't care less how much other people are imbibing. Like I don't give a fuck how often you drink unless unless you're in a bathroom stall and you expect me to help you cuz I am not the patron saint. I that's moonbeam. You got to page me for that. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Stella and Moonbeam show. Let's be friends on social media. We're Stella and Beam on Twitter and on Instagram. So follow along with us there. Our theme music is by David Bowick. If you like our stuff, please subscribe, leave us a rating, leave us a review and share with your friends. So to sum up our really amazing stories, we're great drinkers (laughs) and namaste. (laughs) Bye.